Watch us. Love us. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. I just think it's a win, you know, because if we lose, nobody's gonna even mention. Even I mean, to be honest, I don't care. Uh, it's just uh, it's just a stat. This dude, that is Nikola Jokic. Denver, can you hear what he said? Huh? What did he, he say? He said uh, it's just stats. Uh, he only cares about the wins. It doesn't matter, Christian. That Nikola Jokic scored 32 points, grabbed 21 rebounds, had 10 assists. Had uh, two block shots, was uh, seven of eight from the free throw line, was twelve of twenty one from the field, including one of two from three point range, and the Denver Nuggets beat the Heat one hundred nine ninety four to win Game Three of the NBA Finals, and really it was about two triple doubles. Jokic thirty two twenty one and ten, Jamal Murray thirty four ten and ten. Of course, Murray also had seven turnovers, and the Joker only had three. Uh, but the Nuggets, to me, Christian, did what I thought they would do. Uh, I thought Miami would have a little better first quarter. They played to a stalemate, tied at twenty four after one, and then the Nuggets slowly and methodically just wore Miami down and uh Jimmy Butler has uh Jimmy Butler had 28 points last night but it felt like he really worked hard to get to those 28 points. Yeah, I I feel like this is this was predictable for me. Uh I don't know what you had him. I think I had him uh, I had Nuggets in 5. They're just a better team and you know uh their coach Mike Malone uh called that entire team out after game 2 questioning their effort and their heart and their willingness to close this thing out and they're they're and then just they're just maybe arrogance is even though they didn't play great in game one, but they still won. And then they came out game two flat and they got a big lead and then they lost the lead. And then the Heat did, did what the Heat keep doing, which is, you know, proving people wrong. But I think it's kind of over now. And I was just thinking about this team overall. And now that the I feel like there's been a long time since the Celtics were bounced. And nobody really, and like Brad Stevens talked, and all these guys are going off on vacation, and you're and you're seeing what the Nuggets are doing. I know a lot of people don't pay attention to the Nuggets. No one's like really, you know, it's all about Jokic. I know, but nobody then, really. Right. I don't think most people know about Jamal Murray, his history. I don't think they know about Jokic or Mike Ballone and how long those guys have been together and what they've been through and what they've overcome. Nick, I want you to play this one clip because Mike Malone was was talking about his overall team post game about Murray and Jokic, and he referenced like you know the seven years that this team has been together. You know, I've been with Nicola for eight and uh, Jamal with, uh, for seven years now, and we've been you know we've had some pretty good moments, but not in the NBA Finals. And for those guys to make history the way they did tonight, uh, no one's ever done that. Um, by far their greatest performance as a duo in their seven years together. And so, Murray got to 31-10 or 34-10-10, and 10, but it was really about the, Jokic's night. Yeah, I know, but it is funny. Even like the, the, like the, the last little part there where he says seven years together. Yeah. I was just – I feel like there should be 
you know, when you're in the weeds and you're and you're constantly talking about it, I think, you know, you can get, you know, lose, you know, consciousness. And, you know, so I feel like there needs to be a reality check. Like when you think about the Nuggets and think about like their coach who has been there for seven years, Jamal Murray and Jokic, like they, think about what they've had to go. They've had to overcome and go through to get to this spot now where they're the clear favorite. Not the underdog, not the young up-and-comer. They've had a one player that was back-to-back MVP, probably could have won it for the third year in a row, but they gave it to Embiid. Mm-hmm. They have a coach that has been dealing with the, their, with this team's development and their just journey to the promised land, which is what the NBA Finals is. So, And when you compare that to the Celtics, I don't think – I think most people should – maybe have a greater understanding of how difficult it is and that it maybe it will take a little bit longer and maybe they will lower their expectations. They've been together seven years. So even like Jason Tatum, like what, just finished his sixth year in the league? I mean, I feel like he's right on track. And I feel like we talk about it, but I do think, believe people lose track of how unbelievably challenging it is and when you're only 24 years old, if you could say, if you say uh, Tatum is basically our Jokic, he's our best player, mm-hmm. and now Joe Mazzulla is Malone. Well, you don't want to wait, you know, seven years as a head coach, you know, to finally get there. But I think he would be a little bit faster. Like, I just feel like it's a little bit. It makes me feel a little bit better about where they're at overall, because there's a team like their two stars have been together for seven years. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the, this is this is it. And there is, you know, Murray is a little like Jimmy Butler in that. Well, is he a is he a superstar or is he just a star? Because everybody knows that Jokic is a superstar and a multiple time MVP winner. And it is interesting to sort of see where the where basketball nation, let's say, lands on Jamal Murray because there are some who make the case for the guy being a superstar and somewhere just like, hey, this guy's a really good player, but he's playing with an all-time great in Jokic. Jordan and Pippen, it was year four that it took those guys because Pippen came along, I do believe, in 87, and then there were four seasons when they finally broke through and then Jordan went away, and we know those guys are feuding and all that kind of stuff. Uh, With Shaq and Kobe, it was a little different, I think, because Kobe was so young and Shaq was kind of a made man by the time he got to L.A., So not all of those duo situations are made equal, but it is an interesting point or at least something to think about. And I think the other layer to it is that like uh, Tatum and Brown came together at such a young age. I feel like you might have to give an extra year or two to those guys because you don't come in fully formed as a basketball player at 19 and 20 years old. That's why you draft those guys where you do, because you think they got big-time ceilings. And you're right. Maybe just now, Tatum and Brown are kind of hitting the quote-unquote peak years of being able to find a way to get this done. And that leads to Chris Paul. Foyer, I can't tell you how much Chris Paul is so massively overrated. Chris Paul is along the lines of, <laughs> seriously, go, go ahead. this dude is along the lines of James Harden. Oh. He's got all the numbers that all of the modern fans just want to oil themselves up over. Oh, my God. Scoring, assists, generational passer, ba 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 Loser. 
No winning qualities in this guy whatsoever. The who? The her. Now, I know that Phoenix would have had to pay this dude $30 million, and when they traded for Jokic, and now they're paying DeAndre Ayton, some tough decisions are being made, right? But this guy is, he's not, he's, he's starting his new round of 18 holes. He's that old. He's not on the back nine. He's not even at the 19th hole. This guy is loading up for what is essentially like round two of his NBA career. He ain't won nothing other than the lottery, which, again, he's made a ton of money. He's been very marketable. The oh, whole yeah. State Farm thing. He's guy's made a ton of dough. For that than basketball he now. ain't a winner. And everywhere that guy has been, they have not won at a big level. And I know Phoenix made the finals, what was it, a couple years ago. And they went and added Durant. In theory, they should be better. You're adding turd onto a turd when you bring in Kevin Durant and you add him with a Chris Paul. He would be awful here. Please, God, don't even consider it. He's that bad. Even if you have him as like a, a Kyle Lowry type of role, like off the bench, he's your Christian. he's your veteran guy. You really don't want him to play, but maybe he could I, come here for a million dollars. He could be free. I don't want him. The guy can't win. To me, he's not a winner. He's James Harden. He's a great stat compiler. He's great. He's played 18 years. He's I mean, great at making all NBA. Listen, there's no I got question. A lot of friends in the league, too. Chris, Chris Paul's going to the Hall of Fame. Like, I'll never take that away from him. He's great at Wake Forest and all that kind of stuff, right? But good grief. I mean, if there ain't enough history here to know what this guy's all about, because Every time there's a big name release, we're getting them with Dalvin Cook, right? Dalvin oh, yeah. Cook's release. Oh, my God. Oh, that, you know, go get this guy. Go get that guy. If this were 10 years ago, then maybe you'd be interested in Chris Paul because you think the guy might have a winning bone in his body. We don't need more losers here. We need winners. We need guys that can push you over the top. Honestly, like, yeah, and, you, but to you, your point, and and, and 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 as crazy as I'm going on Chris Paul, this ties into your point. You're about to hit those peak years with these two superstars, at least in theory. Don't bring in a guy that is going to come in and forget to put the sugar in the cookies and you bake them in their bad cookies, which was the first thing Christian asked Bridget today when she <laughs> walked yeah, in. Going on the cookies was, crash. did you make cookies? Theme. Well, she's great. She's a great baker. She's great. I know. Should be a side hustle. It, I meant to tell you that. They're it, awesome. It wasn't even, oh, They're addictive. No, it was, no, no. do you have cookies? Bridget knows. The first thing I do You're when I see her cookies. is I ask her, do you have any cookies? And then he we goes get into through my number. bags. He checks. He well, have you seen down. her, like, Mary Poppins bag over there? Well, she does. She's got, she's got every, a if you, whatever you need, she's got it. You need, she, whatever, a, you I need, need a Band-Aid. She's got a Band-Aid. Whatever you need. Advil. I, I, she had a big bottle of Advil. I said, can I get a couple of those? Everything but cookies. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, you're right. You're right. Like, when it comes to, like, if you're going to add, like, you, you're just not going to want a guy, like, who's just, he would be really be Carl Malone-esque. Okay, Gary Payton-esque. Okay, oh. I'll go back to an old, old reference. I, Two guys. I, it's a great one, though. Right? It feels the it's same. It's a great right? one, Christian. Carmelo uh, could never win it with Utah. Gary Payton, the same in Seattle with the Supersonics. 
And then suddenly, down south in L.A., they said, wow, here's this team. We're almost together. Let's get these two former, I mean, future Hall of Famers on the same team. And they're just along for the ride. Like, and they're not, I mean, they're good, but they're neither one is in their prime. And you're thinking that they're going to, like, their winning attitude is going to put you over the edge. No. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. It was a failure. And I'm thinking of Chris Paul's the same way. This is what this guy would do. He would try to he would try to hitch his wagon to a team that is like almost there mm-hmm. and convince some GM and coach that he is the leader, he is the old wise man in the locker room, and he can help you get where you can't go because the young guys are gonna look up to him. It's a trap. Preach. It is a trap, right? You it's are like correct. it happens all the time. So what you really need to do with Chris Paul is kind of like leave him with all the other guys that were great in the NBA that never won anything. The Charles Barkleys, the Ewings, the Stocktons, the Gary Paytons of the world. That is where he belongs. He had his chance. 18 years. And when they did need him, he was always hurt. He was never available. He got hurt at the worst time every single time a team that he was on need him, especially Phoenix. When they went to the finals, he got hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you on this one. This is, is I wouldn't even kick the tires on this. I wouldn't even be like, well, let me think about it. It's yeah, not no. worth it. How about this too? They were, they meaning the Phoenix Suns were up two nothing in those NBA finals and they lost four in a row. Yeah. We've had enough of that. I, it's like, it just follows him. So no, you, I rather have an old decrepit, just yeah, I am never gonna play. But a guy that comes in with a, just a winning resume, I know what it's like to be in battles. I know what's and maybe it's just story time, mm-hmm. you know, because he's not really playing. But so what? He walks in and he just gives you a different like vibe. And don't you have to be really selective if you're Brad Stevens as to who you add to this roster? That everybody will look at the takeaway. I don't know if the person you pull off the roster is as important as who you add to the mix. We talked about how Derek White has a lot of winning qualities, how Malcolm Brogdon, not the best defensive player in the world, but he came in with a great attitude, which is conducive to winning. Here's Tony and Revere once in on uh, the Celtics regression Fourier. Hello, Tony. Yeah, hi guys. I agree with uh, with everything you said about Chris Paul, but I think it's obvious that the few players that should be upgraded, one would be Brogdon. Uh, he was damaged goods all his career. If you look at his career, he's been damaged. It was a good move because you didn't give up much for him. I get that. A 26 or whatever it is, draft choice, and, and Aaron Neesmith, it's nothing. So it was a good gamble. It didn't work out. He was hurt again as usual. Uh, you're not going to win, and I think Jeff Goodman, the expert, has always said, you're not going to win with Marcus Smart as your point guard. And Grant Williams, you're really going to pay Grant Williams what he's looking for. He did nothing in the playoffs as usual, and he's a guy that should be upgraded. So Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, and Malcolm Brogdon should all be looked at as possible upgrades. And quite frankly, if you can get Damian Lewis for just one year, I understand his age. I get oh, that. He doesn't, oh, want, to, he doesn't oh, want to play here. Trade, would you he, trade? he doesn't want oh, to play no. here. Sorry, it comes Tony. down to the same question. Would you like a championship for one year, or would you just like a future? That's your question. I Well, and the, the, the thing is, is that uh, Dame Lillard doesn't guarantee a championship. That's the, that's the other piece of this, is that, you know, you're going to trade younger players to go get a guy that's about to turn 33. And yeah, there's been, he's had some playoff success, 
But it's no guarantee that Damian Lillard is hardened and tested and ready to come in and be what definitively would be the number two guy, which is something he's never really been in his career. I think uh, that is that is part of it. That is part of it. You cannot bring an old vet, you know, uh, highly recognized as like I am ball dominant and everything goes through me with a 24, soon to be 25-year-old Jason Tatum. That's not happening. And Brogdon wasn't bad this year. Like, he was a six-man of the year. I know. Wait, what are we talking? Like, he was perfect. Well, that's the thing is that in that role, that's exactly what he needed to be. That's You'd what you like better to defense, be. but you needed his scoring. Absolutely. He I, was perfect in what they needed. What you were lacking the year before was exactly what he gave you. So instead of having relying on Derek White and you saw he got exposed in the playoffs the previous year, Brogdon was supposed to be the safety net for that. Correct. And then Brogdon gets hurt. He's nothing, and Derek White has a great postseason. I think it's uh, it's, it's a challenging job for Brad Stevens as how is he going to shake it up and try to keep some roster flexibility as well if you do need to reboot, depending on how things go with uh, with Jalen Brown. Don't forget, you can download the Gresham Fourier podcast. Just subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or go to weei.com. Podcasts are up hours of the show. You get the best of as well. Subscribe to the Gresham Fourier podcast, and you can get it at weei.com. Bruce Cassidy talked to The Athletic. Oh, boy. He's two wins away from a cup. And now Bruins fans are saying, ah, maybe the guy wasn't so bad after all. We'll get to that with Cassidy next.